Welcome to another episode of the Grizz Den Pod. We are now T-minus two weeks away from the start of the season. Um, Ty's here. Yep. And Brantley's here. Let's go. And I'm Will, and we are here to hang out with you guys. We got a special guest coming up. Uh, it is Brandon Super Duper Dreads, the guy on the mic uh, at the Grizzlies games. You're going to know him as soon as you hear him. He stopped by. Um, and just, I mean, it was, it was an awesome interview. I, we had a blast. He's, he's the man. He really is the man. He's been there. He's been there forever. Um, he has story after story to share. And so we're excited for y'all to hear that. Uh, it'll get you excited, uh, for the season. Um, it'll get you excited about, uh, just being a Grizzlies fan in general. Uh, but before we get to that interview, uh, we got a few things to talk about. Uh, in between our last podcast and this podcast, the schedule has been released. The Grizzlies uh, know who they're going to have to face between now and the playoffs. Uh, we know that we're going to have to have at least uh, within a within four games, eight nine seed. We're going to be playing a play in mini tournament. Uh, if we can get above four games ahead of the nine seed, we're automatically in. Um, so we're going to talk about that in a second. But first, uh, I'm going to throw it to you guys. And just in the past two weeks, NBA teams have arrived at the bubble. Um, we've had some some NBA hotline action. Uh, we've had just some interesting. Uh, Michael Beasley got signed and is now all, all already home because <laughs> he amazing. tested positive. I mean, what have your opinions about the bubble changed? Have they improved? Are you excited about what you're seeing in the bubble? What What are the general feelings right now about the NBA restart? I would say I'm encouraged. Okay. Uh, the reason is, so we we found out that James Harden didn't come on time, right? And that was because he tested positive, right? Or did he just come for a family issue? I don't think he tested. Okay, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook tested positive. Yeah. Harden did not. So there's yet. been a few people not come with their teams. Um, the assumption is that they all tested positive, but that's not. It's up to the player, I believe, to like share whether they tested positive or not. But of all the NBA players, I don't have the exact number in front of me, so I'm not going to maybe one of y'all do or can figure it out. But I believe of all the NBA players inside the bubble, single digits tested positive, um, which is amazing. Uh, Best case scenario, in my opinion. Um, Those guys have quarantined. There's a few guys that have, like you said, the hotline. A few guys have broken the the whatever protocols I guess and they Bruno Caboclo is one of them yeah yeah he was <laughs> hashtag former Grizz of course um, that that hour of Twitter content on just like everybody sort of like like teeing the line towing the line and like messing with Bruno on Twitter was amazing did y'all see Doc Rivers quote by the way no he said uh, when we're done with the hotline there's gonna be nobody left like talking about the Clippers. <laughs> It's like a he's in charge. That he's the one calling all the players. He probably in. Is. I thought that was hilarious. I love that. Um, but yeah, I feel encouraged. I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to work well. I think it's the idea of it is that everyone right inside the bubble is COVID negative, so you're you're. I mean, you're in a bubble. Right. Um, so the idea of it makes a ton of sense. It just if it, I feel like we'll know a lot. People have been saying we'll know a lot at the end of this week. This week's over and stuffs. Still seems positive. Yeah. As far as the Grizz go, these little one minute long Twitter 
videos of them practicing has been so Looking much fun like to watch. Looking like the best team in the NBA. Yes. I mean, just Justice Winslow being on our team is such a new thing to watch. Like, I still don't believe he's on our team because we've never seen him play. It's so no. cool. Ty, you were talking earlier about that layup that he hit over. Was it over Jaron? And he just held it was that over Jaron's he held that left hand arms, up. trying to trying to block it. Justice just stared in Jaron's soul <laughs> with his left hand up, basically saying, "Do you think like, there's some drama there?" I hope. I hope competition, baby. Is I want Justice it to be left handed. By the way, he is left handed. Yes. Is there any other lefty on the Grizz right now? Uh, your boy Guterich. Oh, of course, good. Uh, How do you forget about the good? Because, Yuta. I mean, Conley is lefty, right? Conley's lefty, I feel like yeah. it's only right to always have a lefty, so I'm glad we have Justin. I mean, if Zebo you watch Jaws passes, he That's could right. be Zebo, lefty. That's what it was. We've had our best players have yeah, been lefties. And uh, Tayshon? Of course. Yeah, we've had lots of lefties. Tayshon uh, was funny because he would release the ball when he was coming down off his shot. Did yeah, also the goal is 10 feet high. The arc of his shot <laughs> at right. most was like 10 and a half feet. <laughs> that's right. If you thought Chandler Parsons had a line drive, you just right. go watch Tayshawn shot. Yeah. Okay, so we talk about the NBA bubble in total. Um, I typically like to read between the lines on like all things or attempt to, right? Like news, whether it's NBA news or just news news, you know, in general. However, at times I'm looking at news and I don't want to read between the lines. I just want to like, I'll take the PR because it makes me feel good. Right. Right. And right now the PR is this young team was built for the bubble. Maybe it's an advantage. They're gelling. They're just having fun competing. It's like a big tournament. Ja is saying like all the right stuff and getting promoted for it. And that's freaking awesome. Okay. You know, this is what I would compare it to. You know, when you're out of college. And you move in. Like recent graduated? Yeah, you're recently graduated from college. <laughs> so you moved to a city and you're, I don't know if this was everybody's experience. It actually wasn't mine, but I imagine it was like this. You started working for me whenever you first moved here. So I hope this is a positive story. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a positive story. But think about like after college, you get a job. Um, let's say you're not married yet. You know, you're talking to somebody, but whatever. Uh, you move in with some roommates, right? Is this and it's still like, a Grizzly and pod? No, no, no. Just listen, 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 listen. <laughs> Just follow me here. You move in with some roommates, and it's that weird in between of you have jobs, but then on the weekends, you can just have a blast. And it's yeah, like yeah. we're reliving college. I feel like the bubble is reliving college hmm. for these players because we have, think about our team. I mean, we have like the youngest average age in the NBA. Like Jaron was in college two years ago, Ja was in college last year, Brandon Clark was in college last year. Like, this is just normal for them. Like, I feel like they're great. And uh, so, yes, or uh, maybe the counterpoint to that would be that they just, they haven't been uh, fully, uh, um, they haven't. Domesticated? Yeah. They're not used to like the like fancy lifestyles yet. You're right. You know, Jaws family hasn't let it exist. Neither really has Jaren's. Right. We sort of have some more, we like to say just blue collar because that's just what Zebo coined and, you know therefore passed the baton to Ja this past week. Newsflash, if you're not paying attention to like the fact that Zebo is giving him the blue-collar stamp of approval, yep. then I don't know what you're or who you're following on Twitter because you're like us, for instance, because we posted about it on our grams. Um, <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah. No, not shameless. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, that kind of, like, why do you, right now, when we're sort of just like lacking for positivity, and of course, like, I'm sure that the franchise is like pushing the, a sort of narrative because it makes sense. 
maybe. I mean, I'm not trying to be conspiracy theorist, but who cares? It's fun. Yeah. It is college. They're loving it, we think. Yeah. You know, Jaron is like walking around with like empty cornhole sets. <laughs> like someone come play me in cornhole. <laughs> like if you, hey, you like want to play ping pong? And I love that we've been playing like five on five since like day one. Like yeah, we I got agree. there and everyone was like doing shooting drills and like stuff like that. And Jenkins was like, nah, we're just going straight into five on five day one. Let's just play. Well, that's because Ja has been freaking having like that's true. underground five on five scrimmages at the home court yeah. or at East High School. And rumor has it. Never mind. We'll talk about this. No, let's get into rumors. Let's get into rumors. Yeah, go for it. I you want to it. The offseason, he may or may not be having more of these type of sessions. So In more Memphis? content to come. In Memphis? Maybe. That'd be dope. Do you have a source that you're not sharing? Potentially. Okay. Don't share. I like those un- I don't want it to not sources. happen. But let's just <laughs> assume that Jaw is a very uh, – He's an extroverted type person, or he has like a he's got a lot of charisma. People are drawn to him. He's got this great court at his home that's sort of like incognito. He can invite people to come here and potentially play on it. Who? Uh, any names? Bradley Beal. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> Buddy um, Heald. <laughs> I don't want to share any names right now. I mean, I could I could assume that maybe some of his friends that he used to play with in South Carolina might come back and play. South Carolina, th- Murray State. Uh, oh, from South Carolina, like the where yeah, he used to maybe live. where he used to live. I'm pretty sure Zion, are, where is his from AAU South team is. Zion maybe. was also on that team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying names, but if you were to like make relational connections, I've already that, made them. Yeah, they're I'm there. Just, I don't. Or maybe I'm not a, reporting it. Like an Ole Miss basketball aggregators, player right as now. Bill Simmons like to say, don't pull this into your like whatever network is. I'm just saying, if you could like point some dots together, maybe that could happen. Just saying. Okay. Well, maybe we should start charging a subscription for Grizz then because Brantley apparently has some sources. Breaking news. <laughs> Woj, Shams, I protect and my Brantley. sources. <laughs> Woj is, is suspended. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. It's been weird just only Free having Woj. Shams slash Shams uh, tweets, but he's been dominating. Yeah. Uh, Mark Stein stepping back into the, Mark Stein. the field again. He's yeah. kind of taking, taking it upon himself to break some news. To me, Mark Stein is like the suit and tie. Yeah, uh, he's like I'm corporate above America. This. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna write the very in-depth article <laughs> that 35 people are gonna read. New York Times. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So since uh, we last spoke, uh, the schedule has come out, as I referenced. And what I want to do now is I want to walk through the schedule with you guys. If that's okay. Um, and I want to maybe break it down at a high level. We might get into the really in-depth digging of the schedule once we come back, maybe next week or something. Uh, we want to provide you guys with that, but what I want to know is when the schedule was released and you got to dig into it, which was about a week and a half ago, uh, what did you feel initially? Um, what were the um, games that you you know, are eyeballing? What just in general, how did you feel about the schedule that we got dealt? Uh, initially, I was thankful that I think we have three games at the end of the regular season that look like we would go normally 0-3 in them. But if you sort of think about how the playoffs could play out or how that those eight games could play out, um, and I'm really alluding to the Eastern Conference games. Um, Toronto, Boston, and then Milwaukee. That's right. If you look at the standings, there's a, there's a high potential – that the seedings 
the seating is locked for those teams, which means that when we're playing them towards the end of the eight games, that depending on like it's really what happens with Miami. If Miami sort of like loses out in the Eastern Conference and maybe loses to other Western teams or loses to the Pacers, for instance, or like kind of splits games against those top three, then those three teams that you just referenced are essentially going to maintain seedings in that level and not have as much incentive to compete against us. Now, does that mean that they'll sit Giannis the whole time or, you know, you know, sit their star place? I don't know. I'm not – I'm just sort of conjecturing. However, if you're looking at this Grizzly schedule – and thinking, how do we do the uh, uh, look at it at um, the the most likelihood for success for us to maintain the eighth seed, um, which either means you know keeping it outright and or being kind of in that eighth seed spot going into the play in scenario. That's got to be something that you're sort of looking forward to um, as a potential positive. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, honestly, when it dropped, I was shocked, number one, that we only played the Pelicans once. I thought that the NBA would engineer a situation where we maybe played the Pelicans at the beginning and then maybe played them the very last game. I think they're really – or like every, every game. But I really think they're like kind of – I don't think that was very smart of them not to schedule the Pelicans and the Grizzlies to play on the very last game of the season. We talked about that yeah, on the last pod. We did. I mean, I don't understand it. We're Passionately. Playing, we're playing Portland and uh, New Orleans in the first three games of the season. One Portland is at 3 p.m. Pelicans is the one game that the Grizzlies have on ESPN at 5.30, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with the Grizzlies, honestly, not having the national TV spotlight uh, because I think it keeps an edge for us. Um, I think it's interesting that our last three games are against the Eastern Conference, as you alluded to, Brantley. Um, I'm not mad about it at all. Uh, I think the Jazz and the Thunder being the middle two games are interesting, and I'm I'm really I'm really surprised we're not playing the Kings like instead of one of those Easter Conference teams because the Kings are yeah I I mean the Kings the Pelicans and the Trailblazers are the three to me most likely candidates to challenge the eighth seed yeah so, so one follow up question to that which I haven't done I'm just going to ask to see if y'all have is that the rumor coming into before the schedule release was that they were trying to keep the schedules for teams as consistent as what they were going to be right in the next eight games. Have you looked at that to see like, were we supposed to play the Kings in the next eight games, for instance, and it dropped out? Well, I don't know exactly, but I do know we hadn't played them enough times in my, I mean, we played them twice, right? Like trying to remember the games. Yeah. I mean, we had only played, we play each Western conference team at least three times four if they're in our division four sometimes anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I I think that the Pelicans definitely got the best, most favorable schedule, which which to me, if I was in their position, I would want the same type of treatment. Uh, Zion had to leave because of family medical emergency. Apparently they're going to, they have a program, when they come back, uh, if he tests every day while he's away, he only has to quarantine for a few days Ooh, I didn't know when that. he comes back, which is an interesting rule. Sounds like a Zion rule to me, conspiracy theorist. Totally. Um, so I don't think that's going to, I don't think they're going to drop off. By the way, this is an interesting question, Ty, and I'll let you give your opinion in just yeah. a second, but I got to ask this one question. Do y'all feel more threatened by Portland or New Orleans? 
hands down Portland. Really? Yeah. Okay. To me. What do you think, Tubbs? Brantley? You're more threatened by Portland. Yes. To overtake the playoffs. This is a debate going on right if now. If I let's say this, if we get matched up in the um, elimination game to get the eight seed, I would be more afraid to play Portland than I would New Orleans. Okay. You'd be more afraid to play Portland than New Orleans. Yes, that's just me. Okay. What do you think? Can we, while I'm about to make my take, can we look at their two schedules, Portland versus New Orleans? Like, what are their schedules sort of look like maybe coming up for who yeah. they're playing? Uh, I, maybe it's because of the game that you and I went to, the Joggles game where we totally cranked That game Portland. to me was never in doubt. It was never in doubt. You're right. We don't match up against the Pelicans well. That's true. I don't want to play them. That's true. I think we can beat Portland. I'm not worried about Nurkic. We argued about this last pod. I agree. We could argue another 25 minutes. I agree with you. So Hassan Whiteside is a little B. He's the worst. We would we would crush him. JV would crush him. Gorgie would crush him. Jerem would crush him. Justice would crush him if he had to guard him. All of them. Uh, New Orleans has matchup problems. I'm not worried about Zion. I'm worried about Drew on Ja. I'm worried about Brandon. And I think that in a playoff scenario, they may even get the sort of conspiracy theorist NBA kind of uh, pushing them into the eighth seed because the NBA wants L.A. versus New Orleans in that one versus eight. So All right, so uh, pulled up both schedules. I mean, Pelicans, it's a— I've owned this pretty much. They are pay- they start uh, let's see one two three four five six seven eight the Jazz they start with and then they play the Clippers so I mean two games right off the bat that are tough and then the Grizzlies so I mean everybody's talking about the Pelican schedule being easy it really doesn't start until uh, they play they play the Kings which is another seeding game they play and the I Wizards don't think they've done well against the Kings they play the Kings twice okay so they here's the Pelican schedule Jazz Clippers Grizzlies Kings Wizards Spurs Kings Magic. Okay, so back half the much back half. easier yeah, than the front sure. half. But still, if they drop two games in a row against the Jazz and the Clippers, the Grizzlies are going to be in a great spot. Yep. Trailblazers, however, play the Grizzlies first. Big game, by the way. Huge. Huge game. Celtics, they play next. Now, that's important because the Celtics are going to be basically trying to gauge whether or not they can uh, challenge they're, Toronto. I believe the they're two and a half game games back. So Is then they, right? played the Ro- yeah. okay. they play the Rockets. Then the Nuggets, Clippers, this is the Trailblazers. Then the Sixers, Mavericks, and Nets. So really they don't have a good favorable matchup to me All until teams they play the Nets. In that in that stretch that you just mentioned, outside of the Nets are fighting for seeding. Yeah. Every one of those teams you just mentioned. So I mean um, I think it's more likely we wind up in a scenario playing against the Pels, and that's what I'd I would I would choose the Blazers over the Pels all day. Yeah. I get that too, and I honestly, the more you talk about it, the more I feel like I am split between the two. Dame just scares the poo out of me, to be honest with you. Um, looking at him last year's playoffs, him and CJ, they both just went insane. Um, and if you look at guys who we have that can guard the perimeter, Jaw's not like a terrible defender, but he's not like known for defense, obviously. D'Anthony Melton, on the other hand, is a great defender, but he's got to guard one of the two. And to me, that gets really tricky on our defensive side, Portland's offensive side. I just feel like Dame could go – I think I mentioned this last week. 
he could go a week where he averaged 45 points, and I wouldn't shock me. He's, he's the scariest person, within, single person, within that group of who we're competing with. But that being said, you're right. New Orleans, like, if I could have one guy guard Ja, the last person it would be would be Drew Holiday. I know. I was about to ask the same question. Totally. Would you rather face Drew Holiday or Dame Lillard if you're the Grizzlies? They both. That's a, that's a great question. I mean, and it's really hard to answer. Dame is not going to stop Ja like Drew is. But Dame could drop 50. Right. I know. But, like, at the same time, it's funny because, like, I would rather have uh, Dame, CJ, and Hassan Whiteside. Okay, so let's do this. Let's. Okay, that's a great point. So yeah. let's take out Drew's defensive ability. He's a great offensive player. Drew's just solid He is so around. good. Dame is, like, he is a potentially just a flamethrower, yeah. which we've talked about before. Take those two aside. Let's just take the point guard equation out of it. Which, like, wing positions are you? Like, Brandon Ingram is a phenomenal player. And if you look at Portland's wing position, like, Ariza's not coming into the bubble. Who Who's their wing right now? Like, I, mean, I don't know. Gary Trent? Got, I don't know. But then you're talking about the three. Yeah, two, yeah. three. Um, if you look at the post, Zion and Derek Favors, right, is for New Orleans. Um, but then you have Nurkic coming back who hasn't played in over a year. Dude, they're like the, who is, knows? Is Melo coming into the bubble? Yeah, Melo's there. Yeah. Nicola so, Melli uh, on uh, New Orleans Grizz Killer. Can light it up. It's yeah, it's a super You're making interesting. the case of the Blazers to me, I think. Who would rather play? Yeah. Maybe so. That when I first said it, I just I envisioned Dame and him just putting up fifty and it's just Let like have he can 50. Just go who nuts. else is getting their other fifty? I mean but CJ also, could have thirty. But I you're mean, right. I get your point. It's definitely though a function of who the Grizzlies have matched up well with this season. You're right. We both we all know the Pelicans have just torched us. And it's so true. it's like we've beaten Portland. We both y'all went to both games. Y'all went to the MLK game against the Pelicans and you went to the good the Blazers game and we just had a better experience at the Blazers. So the Pelicans game, they scare me a lot less than the Pelicans. Maybe, maybe y'all are changing my opinion. Maybe but, I agree with you, but I think honestly, they like, both scare me to be honest. The with Pelicans, you. I mean, San Antonio a, does not scare me. Phoenix no, does not gosh, scare me. Sacramento. They're just not necessarily, Fox but the Aaron Fox is a ball. <laughs> weird that Sacramento <laughs> might scare me more than Portland. Yeah, that's I weird. know. I kind of have that feeling. Uh, Dude, y'all don't believe that. I do. I do. I hate playing Fox. Like, I feel like he wants to kill us. He wants to kill everybody. I know. But Dave, I don't know. So you would rather, I don't know, because if you look at the fabric of their team, both are led by point guards, two different styles of point guards. But you're right. I feel like Darren Fox would, like, pick up Ja full court, right? Right. And Dame is going to be like, yeah, I'll guard you when you get in the paint. But I'm also going to. Score on you at will. But that's why we got DeAnthony Melton and Justice Winslow. I can't wait to watch Winslow. You can't either. Maybe I just can't wait. <laughs> like, he is a guy that I, I saw in that, that video, and I was just like, I just forget he's on our team. Like, I can't wait to see him in, in action. There's also been – the Blazers have also had, like, a lot of noise a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, Dane they was have. on the conference call. Mm-hmm. He has talked about how he wouldn't go to the bubble if he – couldn't participate in the playoffs that I sort of feel like the Grizzlies team would, you know, take a little chip on their shoulder type mentality and a reaction to like, and I'm not saying that we're, it's a guaranteed victory, but I just like if, if they start Ingram, Zion, Drew, who's guards these people, JV can't guard Ingram. He can't guard Zion. He would have JJ to guard is going to get in foul trouble depending on who he guards. 
Washington. Ja can't guard Drew. It's just it's a terrible matchup. And this year, is it a long-term terrible matchup? I don't think so because hopefully we'll figure it out. But right now, this season, it's not a good matchup. I think it's crazy that um, from what it looks like and what we've heard reporting-wise, the Grizzlies are going to have a full roster. Like, I don't think we're going to have any anybody who can't play. I think the rotation is going to be interesting. Where does Grayson Allen fit? Is John Porter? is John Concher going to play? Like, where is this going to go? Or are we going to just, are we going to treat it like a playoff run where we play our top eight and just have a tight rotation, eight to ten? What's up? Do we know our top eight? Well, let's name them. Ja? Do we? Jaron? The first five are pretty Dylan, self-explanatory. Dylan? Justice? Valanchunas? Okay, but, okay, so Kyle, Justice is entering into that. I would play so him starting over Kyle five, Anderson. Starting five when the season ended was Jota one, Dylan, Kyle, Jaron, JV. That's your starting five. Kyle's out. Kyle's out. Okay. Justice is in. Justice is in. Tyus and DeAnthony were one of the two quickest pulls off the bench. Tyus, DeAnthony, Brandon Clark. BC. So that's seven. Kyle. No, Kyle no, makes no, eight. Hold on. Y'all have, made, y'all have named eight. Kyle makes eight. Right. Tyus, DeAnthony, and uh, BC are eight. Already got eight. Yeah. I think, Kyle, you definitely have to play. Gorgie, you definitely have to play. That's, that's my point. But then after that, to me, it's like who's in foul trouble? Who do we want to spark? Do we want Grayson to come in and try to, like, shoot us out of something? See what like, he's got? Throw him in three or four minutes? Right. Contra, I mean, like, start him. Or are, are we talking about the first eight games or are we talking about the playoffs? Uh, you know, I would say that the first eight games probably just because we're closest to that. But I mean, that feels like playoffs. Every game is must win. That's, That's the a best really part. good point, though. Like, if you look at a lot of these playoff teams that y'all are talking about, like when you, if you were to name their top seven, even you could do it. Yeah, you could name most teams top seven. These are the seven guys that we're going to go with. For a Grizz, it's it's kind of. I don't know if I could give you seven that we're definitely going to go with, like our top seven, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I really don't know. Uh, I mean, we're also forgetting about Josh Jackson. Yeah. Who played great before the yeah, season he's, ended. Uh, he's in your top eight. Also, Anthony Tolliver like, can come yeah. in. and. So here's what I'm saying. You can't treat the first eight games like the playoffs. Right. You, you think there, that they should must try wins. something out to see who has it and who doesn't. There must win, but you base. have to have a full rotation. When you move What's in, your full rotation? How many players? When you move into the, I think nine to ten. Okay. And I'm not sure if this team is is built to have the shorter roster like what you want in a playoff series. I think there's potential. You just say like, hey, like this is our this is our rotation. We're going to keep it consistent. We've got depth, and we're and everyone's healthy thus far, which could be to our advantage. And we're going to roll with it even in the series and get equal playing time for certain people who are playing well and, and have the hot hand. Yeah. Um, this this is not a team built for an eight to nine man roster, like rotation, excuse me, in the playoffs, which is what I think you sort of want to move to, like a short at some rotation. point. But we're not. Oh yeah, well, like that's not who we are right now. Right, exactly. We're that's not competing for a championship. It's realistic. Yep. Like, um, you want to have a deep run, maybe against a seed if you get there, but like you want to keep everyone as fresh as you can. Um, 
and I think there's, you know, you have some players like, I mean, we forgot about Josh Jackson who before all this was literally like the sixth man, him or Tyus, he was the first, he was starting sometimes. Like he was one of our best players. He's playing great. I mean, we were like debating the type of like, what could we pay him? Yeah. Because we wanted to pay him. Yeah. We, we haven't even talked about Guterich. Okay. All right. This is where the podcast <laughs> or, goes. Or Conchar. Hey, Jitty, I'm all. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan of Jitty. I guys, I mean, we'll just like, you know, tickle the little free agency uh, uh, period of time. Uh-oh. But I mean, oh, I've gosh. been just having dreams about Buddy Heald. It take a lot. That's all I'm gonna he say. T- he to me, it fills out this whole. It take deal. a lot. It took a sign and trade, I believe. But anyway, so back to the <laughs> schedule. This is I know we've rambled so much outside of the schedule. So y'all have mentioned the last three games as being very important. I also think the first three games are also very important. Extremely. If we go so above, the middle two aren't. What's that? The middle two? Maybe not as much. Jazz and the Thunder are the middle two. Uh, we've played the Thunder really well. Um, we've also played the Jazz really well. Um, the first time they came to Memphis, that's when Ja went behind the back from the free throw line and like somehow laid it up off the wrong foot. It was incredible. It was also nationally televised. It was nuts. We won that game, by the way. Um, if you look at the first three, I think that's huge. So we go Portland, right. San Antonio, who's LaMarcus Aldridge is out, not coming, not coming back, and then New Orleans. If we can go two and one in that stretch, I think we are looking very pretty. For sure. I like it. I think that's what our goal should be. Um, I think I would prefer to beat the Trailblazers and the Pelicans out of those three. What do you think about that? Yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) I want to beat everybody. But it's more likely we beat the Trailblazers and the Spurs. All right, okay, here it is. We'll end on this. We're about at our time. What is your prediction for the record coming out of the eight seeding games? Hmm. I'm gonna go three and five. Three and five, and I'm gonna say we play. Y'all Who are the three wins? Me. I think San Antonio is a win. I okay. think Milwaukee at the very end is a win, and I could see us beating either Utah or OKC. Maybe both, but one of those two. So that's what I'm gonna go with. I think Boston and Toronto are still gonna be fighting for that second spot in the in the East. So I think both of those teams are gonna be a full go and really motivated to win. Um, so that's my guess. I think we beat the Blazers. I think we beat the Spurs. I think we beat the Thunder. And I think we get one of the last three. So I think we're four and four. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go five and three. Heck yeah. I'm going to, th- I think we're going to change mine. Eight. No flamethrower. <laughs> I think we're, I think we're going to beat um, Portland. I think we're going to beat the Spurs. I think we're going to beat the Jazz. Uh, I think personally. so too. I think so too. So that's three, and then I I yeah, do I'm think like we're that. going to win our last two games. I think Celtics by then will know what seed they're going to be, and I think Milwaukee by then will definitely know what seed they're going to be. So I think we're going to go five and three. I think we're going to barely have to play the playing game because of the stupid four game rule. I think that they did all their. I think the NBA hired their analytics department to figure out the exact game. Uh, you know, cushion scenario that would have the Pelicans play. Their analytics department, aka Vegas, aka Vegas. So I think five and three. So we got three and five, four and four, five and three. I think one of those three is definitely going to hit. Um, so safe bets. Well, guys, uh, 
we have a great interview coming up. Uh, stick around; it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, you're gonna enjoy hearing from Brandon. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time. All right, we now welcome a very special guest to the Grizzden Pod. You might know him on Instagram as Super Duper Dreads. Welcome to the podcast, Brandon. What's happening, BLJ, the best hype man in the <laughs> NBA? He is the best hype man yeah, in the NBA. Yeah, is that yeah. official? It's going to be one okay, day. Okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I name it. I claim it. It's going to happen. <laughs> millions and millions of fans and millions and millions of dollars coming soon. Let's do it. <laughs> so if you don't know Brandon from Instagram, you know him because he is on the mic at the Grizzlies games. He's getting everybody hype. He's basically running that show. Uh, and we are very, very happy to have him on. How ready are you for basketball to be back? Man, I'm ready, man. I'm so excited to get basketball back, man. Um, it's been a weird transition of how it just automatically just stopped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, and just to get it started back and whatnot and to see how the players are going to react within that bubble and how they're going to react on that court, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, and I, I bet it's especially weird for you because – you your like whole gig is basically getting the fans involved and everything and it's just tough to see like you know the potential of not even having that like how are y'all in how's your mindset going into next season with everything like unknown and and what are y'all where is y'all you just still prepare um and so once you prepare and whatnot if things happen then we're ready for if they don't happen and you still have that in your booklet so when we do get back to quote-unquote normal Mm. then we'll be ready for what we need to do um but still hyping up the fans i still do that it's funny i can go to kroger's and they be like oh yeah that's what's up that's right i got you you got a t-shirt no i ain't got no t-shirt yeah (laughs) you don't bring the cannon everywhere smile away though (laughs) you're so much more than just the t-shirt guy come on man yeah that's but that's what a lot of people remember me from though but and i'll take that i'll run with that yeah all right so are y'all planning the whole like hype in-game experience that you were just talking about um are there like plans or like thinking on how you might could do that with the fans kind of like digitally while yeah, we're like watching? We want, to, we want to make things seem like you're in a FedEx form. So that's the planning and prepping of things right now to make fans feel if we are to do virtual or we are to do uh, watch parties. We want to make sure that they're at the FedEx form. Yeah. So we still want to have that feeling of the fan interaction and things like that. So things are not uh, tied up yet, but – we're still working on those. I feel like the creative side of things is that's sort of the positive that you could take from the pandemic. What has, has there been like cross collaboration with the franchises that are in the, the bubble now on that? Or are, are the Grizzlies sort of focused on your own? Like how are we going to do this just as a franchise? Just, I can just speak for me personally and how me and my boss talk is just us and how we're yeah. going to do it. Um, and we're just going to figure out from our fan base and make sure that we make you guys happy. Right. And so that's our main focus is to make the Memphis fan base happy and make sure that they're satisfied with what we give them and they're happy with that um, because, first off, it's Memphis, so we want to make sure the hometown is good. Because I was actually I was, I was talking with someone today and was just like, you know, the majority of the games right now are sort of scheduled actually during the working hours True, yeah. And so, like, like three we're, o'clock. we're in the middle of, you know, the games are during the week. Yeah. You've got all these people that are, you know, working from home 
and I know myself, I'm going to have the game up the whole time. <laughs> it's like a, a no client calls during this period because the Grizz are hold, you know. Schedule blocked off. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Hope my boss doesn't like actually like hold me accountable to the stuff that I'm talking about because it definitely will be on. But the whole city, I mean, everybody, the whole, the whole nation is sort of craving like sports bringing us back together. And the NBA really has this tremendous opportunity. And I think they've done a good job setting themselves up thus far to be able to like position themselves for that. Like they haven't messed anything up royally. Yeah. You know, and if y'all are thinking about that from a fan base and Memphis perspective, how do you bring the fans together? That's something fun to maybe anticipate and think about. That's the crazy part. Like we've been talking and discussing about this ever since the quarantine started. We didn't anticipate it like going this long, but that's the time we live in. So we still got to adjust to where we are now. Uh And once we adjust to it, then we'll let you guys know on what's going on and how we're adjusting. And then once things slowly, quote unquote, gets back to normal again, then we'll be able to utilize what we have and take it inside of FedEx Forum. But until then, we still want to bring you that high energy and what we bring in the FedEx Forum, but do it from another avenue or another platform. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I am super interested to just hear your your story and how you even got started in the organization. Because I remember going to games. I feel like you've been a part of this for a long, long time. Like, I don't remember a game where I didn't see you there, honestly. Man, that's true. So, I would love to hear, you know, like, when you started and just how – just your story in the Grizzlies organization. Man, this is going into – I'll be 36 this year, so this is my 15th year. Wow. 15. Yeah, I started when I was 21. And how I got into it was I was sitting at University of Memphis in my class, major with sport management. One of the people came in that was over marketing at the time and was telling me that they were hiring and said it was for street team. So I'm like, okay, cool. I don't know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, cool name. I'm in this major, so let me go see what's going on. Applied. And then it was just middle of the week. I checked my email and it wasn't a Tiger then at the time, but it was called something else. And so. I looked at it, had the interview that day in like two hours. Oh, and my so gosh. so I still stayed at home with my parents. So I drove to Cottyville, suited and booted, drove back That's down awesome. to the forum, sweaty as I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the interview, and they said I had got the job like right then and there. So I started off on the street team. If you don't know what the street team is, street team is basically like your brand ambassadors that go out and set up and pass out flyers, pass out the goodies and events like your Germantown festivals, your Cooper Young festivals, Mm -hmm. your block parties and things like that. So they're basically brand ambassadors. So I did that, and I understood how that worked in marketing and understanding Mm -hmm. different atmospheres, different cities or different towns and stuff like that. And I knew how to adjust to different people. I can't act the same way I act in Germantown as I can in Carryville or Isla Branch or South Haven or uh, Orange Mound. Mm-hmm. Like, there's different people, different communities, and you have to be able to adjust. And I was able to adjust and adjust to those communities, adjust to the people, and have fun in the same way. And as I grew with that and understood that I'm able to be adaptable and adjustable, then I moved into the end game entertainment part. And that's where you probably start seeing me throwing the T-shirts out, Um that's why my personality started to flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I was real, like, shy person, really didn't say too much. But then after I was like, man, I can do whatever I want with this yeah. T-shirt. Can Heck, I? yeah, you can. Like, <laughs> like, it's they, just power. I'm like, I'm like, this is, like, I have this whole court to do what I want. <laughs> and so nobody can say anything to me. Like, like I, you know, I got the rules and stuff. Uh-huh. Right, but right. at one point, I'm putting my hand 
around a security guard and hugging him and shooting the cannon out at the same time. <laughs> like, and like he was like, I love when you do that. I was like, well, so I just made it a thing. It was like, it was just that right there. And then me and Grizz uh, driving on the, um, can't think of what it's called. It's not the four wheeler. It was the, uh, Oh, I can't think of what it's called. But we would drive on the court, shoot the cannon out, and I would just drive it on the court like two times. And then <laughs> like the gator off. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, but then after that, I moved up into, I was still doing street teams, still doing in-game. And then uh community asked me to do some things for them. So I became a Grizz Fit coach. So mm-hmm. I was mentoring kids and letting them know about things. Um, and it was basically about fitness and exercising. And at the end, we'll have a 15, 20-minute breakout of mentoring if you have anything you want to talk about or things like that. Awesome. So I just told them my story, what I've been through, how I worked, how I progressed, and where I'm at now. So I'm not at where I need to be, but I'm not where I used to be. So and so I still I see those young men now. Some of them are graduated high school now, like mm, that's awesome. old men. Um, and then after that, uh, a few years later, I'm like I'm doing all three, just boom, just just mm. clanging and banging. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. So I'm just gro- uh, grooving. And then a uh, position opens for me to become the regional marketing coordinator. And so applied for it, and everybody had my back that was already full-time on the team, and I got that job, and so that's what I do. And doing that, um, instead of me being one of the workers at the uh, block party or at the Germantown Festival, at the Cooper Young Festival, I'm the one scheduling, I'm the one helping organize it. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I understood the, uh, the footwork of it, and so now it's easy to execute it because I was already there doing it, working it, and being a part of it. And so now organizing it and getting the right people to work those events is simple to me. Mm-hmm. And so I, t- I appreciate my bosses for giving me the opportunity to do this. And I also appreciate the city of Memphis for giving me the opportunity mm-hmm. and watching me grow yeah. during this process. So at the end of the day, like I tell people, sometimes it takes years for you to get to where you need to be. But if you want it and you have fun with it, it's, it's worth the journey. It's worth the ride. Yeah, that's awesome. So how does how does all of that, like where you are now with your title with the Grizz on the marketing side, tie in to what the fans experience in game from an MC perspective? What do you mean? Are, like, so you're the you're you're the mic guy, right? Uh-huh. Like you're literally detailing like the experience in between gameplay, okay. right? So are you helping to plan and ideate on all of that stuff and helping to then narrate it for the audience? Or yeah, we what's do have the kind like of a like game, a game entertainment manager yeah. that that plans the whole the whole game out and they give us uh, our rundown of what we're going to do. But during our meetings during the week, we do have ideas and ideations and things like that where we are able to break down uh, certain timeouts or if I know it's a hype timeout, that's me. Right. And Dustin mostly has like your, I would say the long, the, I won't say long drawn out, but the longer timeouts that's more mm-hmm. in depth because th- that's his persona. He can do yeah. that. And Tam's more of the, the loving, the caring, the yeah, hugging, yeah, yeah. like the, <laughs> yeah. the the auntie type, like, <laughs> uh, you know. And so, like, she would do ones, like, if we have, like, the the uh, the, the dog races or yep. the races and things like that, she would carry that. So I understand what my personality is. Like, I'm the one that gets you hype. I'm the one yep. that gets energy and Fourth stuff Fourth quarter like guy. That. Fourth <laughs> quarter, beginning of the game, pumper and things of that oh, nature. Yeah. I'm the one that, that will say something crazy, and so they're like, "B, we need you to do this." Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I knocked out the part. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's yeah. awesome. So the grindhouse, I think, you know, it's hard for me to be objective because I love Memphis and I love the Grizzlies. So, I, you know, not objectively, it's one of the best experiences ever. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, hundred you know, percent. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and 
So I think the connection with Memphis is one of the reasons, you know, the, the fan base and the connection with the team ha- adds a lot to it. But one of the things I'm curious about is, um, which none of that setup really matters to probably my question. So sorry. You just want to say just, you just just want to express me, the love. expressing oh, okay. emotion, you know. Came from the whole lot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> how, how do you feel like maybe even the – in-game experience or even the connection with the fans has evolved since you've been there? Like, I feel like it's sort of – there's certain things that have worked and we've kept them, but then even the experience itself has started to dynamically change and even connect more with the fan base, I guess. Does that I'm make sense? Be, I'm going to be honest with you. When I started with the Grizzlies, they thought we were a hockey team. And I, w- I can give you – Wait, the, so what do you mean by that? They thought we were a hockey team. Like, I, when I, when I oh. did my, one of my events at Germantown Festival, oh. a few – Literally, people yeah. thought we were a hockey team. Mm-hmm. Okay. A, a few yeah, people came, problem. Like, what, the River what Kings. Are the Memphis, <laughs> like, what are the Memphis Grizzlies? I'm like, we're a professional basketball team. Where do y'all play at? What? And, like, I thought this was like a hockey team. I was like, no, we're a professional NBA team. And I gave them the whole spiel. And the crazy thing is, those some of those people that didn't know who we are, I see them consistently at games now. Some mm-hmm. of them have transitioned to season ticket holders and things of that nature. And I can say, like, I was the front face that explained to them who we yeah. are, what we are, what we're about. And once they got that experience and they enjoyed it, because it's more than basketball. You ain't got to know diddly squat about basketball, but you can love Grizz. Right. You can love the Grizz girls. You can love the grannies and grandpas and whatnot. And when they come out, that may be the highlight of your game. We may right. win by 35 points, but guess what? You will know one of the Grizzly grades and grandpas in the middle that did the spin and did all that type of stuff. You and you take that home with you. Yeah. And you may see one of the, one of the other claw crew members shooting something out and you caught that shirt. That's what you take home with you. You take home that experience. And sometimes it's not about the basketball mm-hmm. game. That's our job is to give you the experience as the basketball players to give them to perform mm-hmm. and to execute what their job is. Yep. So when you're when you're on the mic and everything and you're just thinking about the game and getting ready, I mean you've done it a million times now. Are you able to are you able to watch the game? Now are you are you just thinking about what's the next thing? Just I'm interested in the process. Um, since I guess before I became full time and I was doing it. Like, I had to think and prep myself for it. But now when I'm full-time in the office, I know what's going on during the game, well, that's, that we're, what we're going to do during the game. Uh-huh. And so it's like second nature. I'm like, we talked about this all week. We talked yeah. about this all day. So I already know what my spots are, where I need to be at, who's with me, and things of that nature. All I got to do is just say what comes to my head and just make sure I uh, shoot out the right sponsors and things of that nature and say the right things for them. But other than that, it's just my personality coming out. And so I became more comfortable with that, like knowing the knowledge behind it instead of getting there at four or five o'clock and saying, here's your script and now I got to learn it. So I've had, if we have a Friday game, I had Monday through Friday to know what I need to do. And Friday comes, I'm like, okay, I'm cool. Yeah. I really don't even need a script. I just need to make sure everybody around me is prepared and whatnot. Yeah. So are you at a hundred percent of the home games? Every game. Every game. Every game. Okay. So to Will's question, 15 years, which that's freaking awesome. Uh-huh. What what are the some of the favorite games that come to mind for you? The Rudy Gay shot over LeBron. Oh, I was there. Ooh. I can't. Um. I mean, it was the best. Uh, it was unbelievable. That one, I think the pass from Courtney Lee to Jeff Green. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Um, and then the Vince Carter um, three-point when he had the Memphis Sounds on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that was awesome. Then who else? I love the combination between Rudy Gay and OJ Mayo. They just had – it was like a lot of potential with them. Right. But I guess 
in time in basketball time it just didn't mesh but I love them um and also <laughs> running into Allen Iverson and he got lost in the form and he was <laughs> wait like, what he was like <laughs> I'm, I'm down there rolling shirts and whatnot. It was he was like, only here for like two games, basically, <laughs> right? But at the end, he was down in the floor. He was like, OG, how I get uh, to where I need to go? I was like, they go to elevator, hit the middle button, then you good. Okay, cool. <laughs> and so, like, that was that was fun. I'm like, he called me an OG, and he, <laughs> he older than me. And so, and then also, like, during the game when we're prepping and stuff, you see all the players, like, from the away team and whatnot. So, you're not really starstruck. You just seem like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Dang, there go James Harden. There go Westbrook. But I also saw, saw Kobe. And Kobe was, mm-hmm. like, one of those guys that was, like, he was always in a zone. And so, like, you would speak to every other player. And he would be, like, a foot behind them. And you would speak. He would acknowledge you. But then he would keep going. He would have that focus. And so that was, like, always cool just in his remembrance and how everybody talked about him and how he was always in that zone. And just me seeing him just for that split second, it was like, mm. that was that's the truth. Yeah. So, But those are the, the top experiences that I've seen. So my, But my favorite player, Zebo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zebo. Love it. All right, tell why. I was out and about. I was out at a club, and this when he first got here. And one of his homeboys walked up to me. He was like, you Brandon, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Zach wants to meet you. And I was like, okay, cool. And so he was like, I seen you around and whatnot. Just let me know if you need anything. I was like, no, man. I said, you new to the city. Let us know what you need from us and whatnot. He was like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, we're a family here. And after that, he came up to me probably like a few years later. He was like, I didn't believe what you was telling me then. He was no like, way. man, these, I'm treated like family here. And I was like, yeah, you're going to be treated like family, like no paparazzi, no anything. They're going to make sure you're good, your kid's good, and things of that nature. Like, we don't want anything from you but just to make sure you and your family are okay and that you're able to perform on these games. That's it. That's awesome. And mm. so, and he was like, I appreciate that. Well, bro. thank you for, it's really like we owe it all to you, I guess, for just like nah. every every awesome Grizzlies memory that involves Zebo. Uh, so. That kind of made me cry a little bit. I I'm know. not going to lie. Because like there's so many, I've we've talked about it on previous pods. Like when I moved to Memphis, I'm originally from Mississippi. Uh-huh. I like sort of got grafted or adopted into the Grizzlies family when I moved here. We were. It was the season that we beat the Spurs, and so okay. like I had sort of kept up with the Grizzlies, but like that was the like dream season to be a fan, right? Like, like yeah. yeah, yeah. So upsetting the Spurs as the eight seed, being at all those games, mm-hmm. seeing you on the sidelines, of course, you know, <laughs> shooting t-shirts. I never got one. I'm really mad about man, it still, okay, actually. Man. But no, no worries. <laughs> keep coming back. Yeah, keep, you know, whatever. you never know when your day is coming. <laughs> you brought us home today, so I really appreciate it, actually. Uh, but you know, it's just like. But now, like, I can't imagine, like, not having an NBA team to root for and the connect, like, that type of connective tissue that exists. Um, is this is actually leading me to a question that I had. Um, so long ramble again. I'm sorry, we'll blame it on the margaritas. <laughs> but so I wanted to do you think that that type of connection is could happen uh, with the current young players? And if so, is it different or is it the same? From the in comparison to, to like Zebo and the grit and grind, the like Tony grinder. Allen, because that there was such a deep connection with those people. You know what I mean? I say yes because 
these group of guys that are here now love each other and they respect each other and they respect the culture of the city and you have the grit and grind guys that gave them the blessing and so if you already got the blessing as a young buck from the og and it's like okay so like what Zebo did with job ja basically yesterday basically oh, yeah. so and and that's and that's some that's a confidence booster for those guys it's like the OG knows where his spot is, and the Young Bucks know where they are, and is now just taking that role and running with it. Yeah. And so, and I believe that's that's what the younger Grizzlies are are about now. And all you got to do is just show your face in the community, show that you want to be here, show that you love the city, and the city's gonna love you back. Yeah. And that's all it's about. It's simple. Yeah. It's simple. Just come in, do what you're supposed to do, and make sure that the city loves you, and you love the city back. Could you expound a little bit? So, like, I think, you know. We're we're fans, so we, um, you know, take in all of the Grizzlies content that we can, whether it's journalists writing about stuff, what we see players say on Twitter, different interactions. But from your perspective, what do you see like Jaron, Ja, Tyus, BC, these young guys maybe that you're alluding to? Like what are you seeing maybe behind the scenes that us fans don't see where they you sort of see them having a connection with the city? They have a brotherhood um, with each other. And then when we go out to do events, like I'm always at Labonner doing things, or if I see them out and about at a community event or at a sponsor event, they're having fun. It's not like this is on my calendar. Let me go do it. Let me go knock it out. They're always asking, can I do more? What else mm. can I do? Mm. Like uh, Anthony Melton. Yeah, D'Anthony Melton. Right? Yeah. And um, he's, like, always asking. And Dylan Brooks, when we was at Labonte, he was like, man, just let me know when I'm able to come back. Or hmm. uh, just melt in the same way. Let me know when I'm able to come back. And so they want to be a part of something bigger. Even though you may have a game, to them it's, it's more yeah. than basketball because they know that they're impacting lives and whatnot. And it's also making the city look better because you have the professional NBA player that want to be here, yeah. that want to do stuff for the city, that want to do stuff for the kids, that want to do stuff for the adults. And they're, and they're willing to do it. And mm. that's the great part about it, that there's no pouting behind it. It's like, cool, I got this event to do. Let's go have fun. That's awesome. Mm. Let's go rock it out. Yeah. And when another one comes up, let me know. And I, and I like that about them. Like, they're willing and able to do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying who the people are, but you've seen the opposite. Yeah, Meaning, absolutely. like, there's been NBA players, with the Grizzlies even, who have come to those events and they're just checking it off. Just uh, Yeah, it's just a yeah. check off. So, and, and you can tell the difference. Yeah. yeah, you can tell the difference in the behavior and, and the tone of how it is. And so, when you're engaged with, with what you're doing, when you're engaged and asking questions about it, when you're engaged and asking the history about it and things of that nature, when you're asking when's the next kids uh, karaoke day or something yeah. like that, I like to be a part of that. When's the next LeBonner or St. Jude event, I like to be a part of that. Like To me, that shows that you want to do something. You want to make a difference. Mm. You want to put a smile on somebody's face. Yeah. So. And that's what I like about that's what I like about the crew. That's what I like about the older crew. Like those guys enjoy doing what they what they did for the city. Man, yeah. how exciting to root for that team in a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> do you have any like do you have any funny memories or funny stories and like any interactions with players, maybe on a game day when like they were locked in but you were just hype or something and they're like, Oh man, like man, what's going on? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this. It wasn't a game day, it was um it was media day. So it was media day. We're getting the players ready for, like, the stuff that you see on the, the Titan Tron and things of that nature. 
and it was for one of our sponsors. And I was like, man, yeah, I used to work there. I used to, this is me talking. Like, yeah, I used to work there. I used to cut up tomatoes and stuff like that. And I said, dang, 35. I said, man, that was 20 years ago. Ja looks at me and said, dang, you old. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked. I said, you wasn't even born when I was out here cutting tomatoes. (laughs) And so... It was him and Jaren. They were just dying laughing. Yeah, I'm sure. So Why was, doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> That's incredible. So, yeah, but, like, those little small things, like, I do have, like, those types of interactions with them, but on game day, they're oh, in their yeah. own. Oh, like yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's so, what's great. it – has has the um, – sorry, if you have questions, whatever. So, I was pointing to Will podcast. That was bad pod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, how has maybe the – uh, confidence or just kind of like the internal franchise dynamics started to shift with seeing Jaron's progression and getting what we, I think, all think is a potential top five player in the league. Um, potential in Jaron and, and Jaw, guaranteed yeah. in Jaw. Right. Yeah. What are you Maybe talking about? The, uh, just within the organization? Yeah. Like, the, can you tell a difference? Does it feel different? Or, or are y'all trying to maintain the same level all the time so it doesn't necessarily matter – the players that you have. I guess with with us and the people mm-hmm. that I hang around with that's within the office, there's a confidence boost in there because you see the potential, I see the potential, they see the potential, and it's not hidden. And you can feel it in the game. Yeah, you can feel it. And so once that confidence level is there and it's consistent, then, yeah, you can beat yourself on the chest and yeah. say, yeah, I just gave you these buckets. And then we can go to work and just, man, you see what he did last night? You see, you can go to your job you can, Man, you see what Ja did, man? Yeah. You see that alley-oop, man? I'm about to play 2K and redo it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, like, for real. And so, like, that's and that's something that I have pride in. Like, yeah. Like, 2K. I play with the Grizzlies all the time on 2K. And I tell people, like, man, these boys are the truth. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no liar. <laughs> and so, but – but, like, I'm Grizz true and true. Like, from yeah. UK, from everywhere. I'm, I'm at the gym. Always got a Grizz shirt, a hat on. Or Clanging and bang. Clanging and banging. So, but I, I just enjoy watching the growth of the city and watching the growth of these young men and hopefully just seeing something great come out soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. How much do you bench? Man, back in college, I blew my shoulder out at 425. Oh, my God. So, but I, but I got, I got it, I got it. You got it in you. If you I need got it. it. So, but, but now I don't, I don't go heavy anymore. Yeah. I just do dumbbell presses and stuff like that. But if you want to compete with me, yeah. speaking of competition, who lists more, you or Dustin Star? Man, you know Dustin Star, man, just be curling them fifteen pounds, man. <laughs> how, how many reps do you have to curl fifteen to get biceps like his though? Three hundred and sixty-four. <laughs> 364. He had one rest. <laughs> have, y'all ever yeah. t- have y'all ever talked about behind the scenes who lifts, who uh, who can lift more? We always do. It's funny, but now we're like, bro, we old men, man. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta sit down. So, but yeah, Dustin's my boy, man. I, I enjoy Dustin, man. Yeah. yeah, he's taught me a lot about the industry, the business, and things of that nature. So we always have convers- great conversation and stuff like that. So. But if he's hearing this, and he better hear this, yeah. I need a clang and bang uh-huh. session with Dustin. Clang and bang. Oh, you heard it here first. Yeah. And we're going to run the racks 
on the dumbbells. We're going to start at the 5, do a set of 10, <laughs> go to 10, the 20, the 30, the 40, the 50, the 60, the 70, the 80, the 90, the 100, each set a set of 10. Five star, <laughs> are you ready? Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, uh, there's a little bit of a call-out session there. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that we, we get that one public. Where does Yitadi come from? Man, Yitadi came from, if you ever watched the Wayne Brothers, okay. and you know Pops. Yep. And so he will always do a dance. Pop, 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 sugar, pop, Yitadi. <laughs> and so, like... And I was just like, I said it one time on the mic, and I was like, I didn't get in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, that, can I do that again? That's yeah. the best way to go about and it. And so I was like, man, let me. You know, I always said it like on Instagram and stuff like that, but I said it on the mic, and I was like, okay, cool. Uh-huh. I got away with it. Uh-huh. And I started saying, Allah. And I was like, I said that, and I ain't get in trouble. <laughs> and I was like, smiling way, smiling way. I said, I'm out here clicking out here. <laughs> so, but that's where Yit the DK from. Um, it came from Pops from the Wayne's brother. It's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Brand, you have any other questions? One Brandon? more. What's your prediction for the bubble for the Grizz? Ooh, we. I want us to go ahead and control our eight seed and just do that. And then when the playoffs start. <laughs> You control your own destiny. Let's go. Just go ahead and ball. Yep. Man, Ja Morant, the Triple J with the power jam. Boom, shakalaka. Valentunas with the three. <laughs> I just ripped off my shirt with for the, the listeners. Brandon Clark Duncan from the three-point line. Let's go. <laughs> That's the hype, man. We got it, man. Uh, That's so awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. This has just been a blast. Uh, we hope to have you back. You know, you're a recurring guest now, so you got to come back <laughs> and see the pod. Us, Especially when Dustin comes in here. We can maybe surprise him or something. You'll be hiding in the back. Yeah, we can dissect the, 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 the dumbbell session. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much, and uh, we just really appreciate you coming out and hanging with us. Man, no problem. Can we do a cheers real fast? Absolutely. Yeah, cheers, man. Hey, cheers to the playoffs. Let's go, AC, baby. Let's there you go. Ah, holla. This has been another edition of the Grizz Den Pod. Thanks so much for Brandon for coming out and uh, just, I mean, we had a great time with him. Uh, we'll be, uh, we're planning to be here next week with you, another podcast. We got, we got a lot in the works uh, prior to this season coming back. So um, we will, see, we will talk to you soon. And uh, until then, be good.